Welcome to the Gear Garage Live Show. This weekly YouTube show covers whitewater rafting, river safety, oh God, I lost my paddle. gear, and anything else Zach feels like rambling on about. Well, for today's show, Cody from Private Whitewater is joining us. Welcome to the show, Cody. Uh, thanks. Good to be back. Yeah, it's nice to have you here. My audio is messed up, so if anybody hears reverberation, let me know. I'll try, I'll try to fix it, but hopefully we're going to rock with this audio setup. So thanks for uh, joining us on a Tuesday. Cody, what's been the latest with you? What's going on with you? Uh, I have been off paddling probably six weeks, seven weeks. I missed a uh, boatsmith, so uh, I'm going to try to get back out this Thursday because flows are going to probably be good. Um, I'm really excited to kind of get back into everything. But uh, all the private boaters, we just found out what permits we got February 14th. It's like a bittersweet that they do it during Valentine's Day. <laughs> so... You seem but, uh, pretty happy. I feel like you got some special permit. None of us. Uh, I have like, I've got 15 friends that we all put in together kind of as a group wow. and none of us got anything. Um, I am going back to the Selway though on wow, June on June 10th. So I launched June 7th last year and June 10th this year. So I'm excited. Sweet. Oh. And for those of you that are joining the show that don't know, Cody's YouTube channel is Private Wirewater. Look it up on YouTube. And honestly, just stop watching this right now. Go find his channel, subscribe, and then come back to this. We're going to talk about nothing useful for the next five minutes. You have plenty of time to subscribe to his channel. How many subscribers are you at now? Uh, we broke 500. Yeah. So we're, we're going for a like, thousand. Yeah, we're going for a thousand, but uh, I'm super, I've been super appreciative of everyone that's watched my channel. Yeah. And I just watched your video about the Selway that you did. So thanks for doing that. Yeah. I'm really excited about that one. Well, we have a here's I have an agenda now for the show, and we're gonna start uh, with Go Raft by talking about GoRafting.com, the sponsor of this episode. And I know you kind of talked up Go Rafting a little bit in that Selway episode I listened about. Uh, what what are you, what's your really thoughts about GoRafting.com? Well, so I hate paper maps. Like I I have tons of them, um, just for the fact that like I like collecting them. But I have had so many issues on rivers of looking at a paper map being lost into where like where I am on the river. And I've taken bad lines because the map told me go left, even though my read told me some totally different. And then I realized I'm on the wrong section of water. You know, like I've missed that. You don't know where you are. You think I yeah, don't know where wrong. I am. And what I like about go rafting is it uses your GPS on your phone. And so you don't have to guess of where you are. And definitely like for a lot of us, I mean, you've ran the same section of water 10, 15 times in a year, like on the middle fork for us that are have scheduled camps on mm -hmm. the middle fork. And I have no clue where they are like on the river, having that GPS and being able to have all those camps along the way is a game changer. Yeah. I think that it's the future. And I thought you didn't like paper maps because they change over time or, but it's because you lose them. They blow away in the wind. No, it's more of that. Like or you just don't know where you're at. I don't know where I'm at. Cause like, I don't, if the only way I can keep where I'm at on the river is constantly looking at it. Yeah. Go like, Oh, definitely. on like the middle fork where you have so many class one, class two rapids mm -hmm. that you're really not. Yes. Um, that then, 
some looks big and now I'm scrambling going through the three pages. I haven't been paying attention yeah. to and trying to catch up of where I'm at. So that's what I'm really excited about having GPS tied maps. What'd be cool is if this is a suggestion for the people to do the app, if you can say what camp you're at and then it buzzes you when you, you're close. Oh, that would be cool. Low geo, like a geo fencing rings oh. and like, Oh, I should pay attention. My camp's coming up here. Cause that stresses me out mm -hmm. on rivers that have scheduled camps. Cause like, if you miss it, I mean, you're kind of screwed. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if you're on the rogue and you're, you're expecting yeah. to camp at a certain yeah. spot, you just don't know that spot and you pass it. You don't even know what's coming down up downstream. You don't, if you don't know where you're at, you don't know what's coming up. Yeah. So just for those of you that don't know what GoRafting.com is, it's a website and they sell an app. They set they sell maps on an app. The app is called Far Out Guides. It's they do hiking guides and all kinds of guides. The Go Rafting guys have developed the river maps for a bunch of rivers throughout the West. I wrote the Illinois guide, and I, so I think it's it's a decent Illinois guide. And you mentioned they need a selway guide. I didn't realize they didn't have a selway guide. Yeah, I mean, but it's it's like the selway. Nobody, there's way less people that go on it, so I mm -hmm. can see why they don't. You know, and maybe they just haven't partnered with, um, because uh, Alta runs some selway trips, commercial. Yeah. Um, maybe they can uh, get hooked up with one of those guides and get a selway guide put together. Yeah, I mean, even if they just they don't even need to. It helps to talk to a guide, but even if the map laid out the campsites, laid out the major rapids, so you kind of had a sense of where you're at, that's the basics. Maybe yeah. they sell like a subway basic package. It's like five bucks or whatever. Yeah, Maybe but I think, but like the detail, well, I think Go Rafting beats um, the other product. I'm drawing, uh, drawing a blank on the name. The one. Yeah, is that the detail that is on that's on gorafting.com is unmatched and so yeah. I, I i could see why they haven't produced a product that they can't you know aren't isn't at the same level that they're they won't put out a bad are. map like yeah. they won't like kind of half ass it and put out something they want it to be really good with photos with uh, all the content not like here's a few data points you should know the one that interested i think it's called waterways or something like that it doesn't like tell you where that it, it shows you the location of the of the camps and things it shows you your location but it doesn't tell you you're 1.2 miles away it doesn't know the path of the river it's a map with like data points so it's helpful but the go rafting one it knows you're a mile 1.3 miles from a rapid and it, it keeps track of your distance on the track which i think is really cool okay well that's our our, our quick discussion slash commercial uh thanks for being part of that cody i was stoked you were here to because you i know you talked about that in your your last subway episode and we have some good questions and we're just going to jump into them uh the first one is what are the dimensions of a cataract frame you'd recommend for a 14 foot wave destroyer the shave strip is 93 inches long any particular brands you would recommend thanks i feel like we answered this question last week did i mess up Oh, you know what? These are last week's questions. Okay, hold on, Cody. I got to figure out how to load the new questions. Uh, while I do that, uh, where are you going to go boarding on Thursday? Uh, if the water is good, I want to get a wind lap in. Who are you going to go with? Um, uh, Dave Hammer. Um, oh, yeah. He, yeah. And then uh, and then if the flows were looking good, I'll send text you tomorrow. 
Yeah, I kind of, I might go skiing tomorrow. It's skiing has been amazing. Okay. I've almost got this figured out. Um, yeah, but man, I kind of want to go to the wind now. Well, go, go skiing tomorrow and that's the day at work. And then on Thursday, then we'll go boating. It would just be interesting to see. There's a lot of water coming in. Just depends on where it freezes. Because the with the freezing level low, it could maintain a pretty good level on the wind. If it's raining up a little bit higher, I could get see that the water level is going to get decently high um, with the amount of water yeah. we have coming in. So, and if not, then go do the upper clock. Get uh, get prepared um, for our upcoming May challenge. Are you going to be part of wait? Are you going to be part of the wind race? Are you I'm going to be part of the wind race, and so I'm going to be at the wind race, and then also then just get prepared for um, Clockfest. Okay, we're, so we're going to get to the wind race and Clockfest in a little bit, so you can see the correct agenda for today. And so this is the first actual question. Sorry for starting off with the wrong question. How does a mid-low water trip on the subway compare to a mid-low water trip on the Middle Fork Salmon in terms of difficulty? Are there skills or additional requirements you would want in a boater on the subway above and beyond what would qualify them as successful in the Middle Fork? What do you think they mean by mid-low? Like a foot? Like, to, you know? To, because like, I, think, like, I think the subway is one of those rivers as it gets lower, it gets easier as long as you manage your gear properly. Like you watch videos of people go down the subway at 0.7 feet and they're taking 14, 15 foot boats fully leered, uh, like uh, loaded down. They don't have a problem, but the people well, that on. take, they may have a problem. If they have the skills, they won't have a problem. Yeah. I mean, even then like ladle at low flows, like pin was a pinball, um, at low flows, like there's just a lot of rocks. There's a yeah. lot of tight, you know, areas that if you just took like an inflatable kayak, went light, you, I think you could be a class three boater and manage the subway at low water. I'm not going to go that far, but I, yeah, I think the key, there's certain low water skills. Not everybody has. And I would say it also requires physical fitness. Yeah. So if you like, I would say if you're like, young you're agile you're strong you can jump around on rocks you're like a little ninja yes but if you're you know not as in good physical shape maybe that's not a good idea i think physical fitness is a big attribute for being able to like do things like that i think when they say low mid to low water i'm guessing like what if it's gonna be like end of july kind of flows oh. not like crazy low but not like three feet on the middle fork which is like the prime level three or four feet um my, my thinking is the subway is just like it's a it's a step up above, above the middle fork it's a i would call the middle fork generally class three and the subway generally class four so it's yeah it's a solid step up from the middle fork at similar flows the i mean you've done the middle fork you know tons would mm -hmm. you say that the top 20 sec 20 miles of the middle fork or equivalent to the subway or would you think it's always harder it's always hard yeah i mean it's the yeah i mean this always i think a step up i mean there's you can flip on the subway you can you can flip on the middle fork too and like if all flows are equal it's like medium low middle fork and medium low subway 
the maneuvers in the subway are just more technical, require a higher level of skill. Uh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, and one thing too is like with this subway, not many people know it that well. So yeah. usually somebody in your group has done it a few times and like, oh, I know where I'm at on the subway. It's like this is your once in a lifetime show. You you get to do it every year, but not everybody's like that. But I like, know, and, and yeah, like and we had a guy that he was the salty guy because he had done it twice before mm -hmm. on our yeah. trip last year. So it's like and he's leading. Yep. And oh. you know, uh and I've only done it once, so I have to go back to my memory of the rapids. But that whole double drop sequence where I think a lot of people can flip in there pretty easily, which sets you up for ladle and other stuff down below. There's that rapid at the end that's kind of hard. Go something Wolf Creek. Wolf Creek. Wolf Creek. That one's yeah. that one's way hard, but all that's way harder yeah. than anything on the middle fork at similar flows. Yeah. You know, like velvet at six feet is probably more dangerous and more difficult than anything on the subway when the subway when the subway is medium low. But all things equal, the subway is just a solid step up from the middle fork. But what's nice about the subway is they're very scoutable rapids. Yeah. They're like the middle fork, they're definitely in that top 20. There's so many in close, you know, progression of it. I mean, a lot of that is read and run. And I would, I would put that I actually thought one of the hardest part of the subway was the first half day. And like there are no named rapids, they're class twos and class threes, yeah. but they are so close in procession um and it's all read and run and you coming out of your boat is a long bad swim is like that yeah. that honestly caused me more anxiety than the big rapids that you could pull over and scout i mean same with the top of the middle fork it's yeah. continuous quick succession it's there they have names yeah. but nobody knows what they are because it's just like boom 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 you know so it's it's uh it, i would just say the quick answer to this is there's always a step above the middle fork of the salmon are there skills or additional requirements you'd want a boater in the subway above and beyond what you'd qualify them on the, to be successful in the middle fork? So I read that terribly. I'm sorry, everyone. Um, I, I think what somebody, I think the question somebody's asking here is our friends have successfully done the middle fork. What do they need to do now to successfully do the subway? I feel like that's what's being like, we're, we can, we can handle yeah. the middle fork. I'm not sure we can handle the subway. What do we need to do? And that's really hard to answer. Like just because you did the middle fork, did you do it? Do you style it or did you barely survive it? Like where where were you on that? Were you getting stuck a bunch? Did you have a flip? Like I don't know the answer, but I would say the subway requires a class four skill set. And, and really, good that would be and, yeah, really you need good. To be able to reflip your boat pretty quickly. You need to be able to get back to your boat. You need to swim back to your boat. You need to be able to get yourself in a boat. Your friends need to have good proper boat spacing and boat order to recover. If anybody falls out, you need a quick solution to that. Like on the middle fork, if somebody falls out, uh, you want to get them in. But like on the subway, it's more important. It's a class four skill, like especially double drop. You don't want to keep swimming. So having downstream safety set. So having a team of boaters who set proper spacing is important. And I just think you need to be able to, to downstream ferry and ferry across the river by pulling, which a lot of people just push their way down the river. That's not gonna. That's not gonna generate that way. Well, you need to have other. Like you need to have these other skills to successfully do it. Uh, and the only two I would probably add is, I think your odds of a pin are way higher on the subway than on the middle mm -hmm. fork. So, uh, so really good skill knowledge, uh, ability, and just not one person. Multiple people need to have the knowledge to be able to unpin a boat, and you don't have anyone else to come down and help you. You don't have a guide yeah. company there that can give you a hand. Um, or other 
private groups. Like you're going to be on your own for a few days if you have a bad pin. So I would just say it's a solid step up from the middle fork. And whatever that means, not knowing your exact skill level now of, of whoever's going. Um, let's see. Hell, so, yeah, this is the point. Hells and Paras are five plus feet compared to the sideway at four. I think that Hells and Powerhouse of five feet are easier than the subway at four. They're not that. I mean, they're they're continuous at five plus feet, but they're not that hard. Well, there's stuff in the subway at four feet that's hard. That like, yeah, I would say um, Velvet at five plus feet. Is definitely comparable to Subway at four. Velvet, Velvet is the thing that stands out in the middle fork at high water. But Hell's and Powerhouse, not yeah. It's hardest. That's a that's a good question, Mike. I'm not sure. I was about to say this exact thing. What exact thing? Okay, want to move on? Yeah. You feel like we answered that pretty well? Yeah. We did the best we could. It's a tough. It's a tough it's question. <laughs> This is for entertainment sometimes. It's, yeah. But, but yeah. I'm back. I'm, I'm on. So it's for entertainment. Everything you answer is educational. Yeah. No. So this is educate. This is, yeah, this is the educational one, but you no, this is entertainment. Not, this yeah. is education. Not, no, hold on. Yeah. This is entertainment, not education. Like, please don't listen to us and make a decision about your trip. We're giving you our best answer in the context of entertainment. Like, if you need education, go to mountain buzz. That's and, where, and also that's where all the answers. If you are. added both of our trips together, we've been on the subway twice. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Need boat rescue skills, skills in the subway. Yeah. Yeah. If you you need to be able to handle your own business, like you just need to. With the middle fork, you should too. But like, there's there's some saving groups a day. Like somebody yeah. may help you out. And honestly, like, my, when I first read this question, if you're asking this question, I would be wary. Like if you're simply asking this, I would be hesitant to go on that yeah, trip. But also, like you they haven't seen it. Nobody has. And so, like, I would might be asking maybe that's a good thing that they're asking because they might have somebody that has they invited on a middle fork trip and they're like that they did fine, but oh, man, maybe not. Like yeah, I think you if you're just, just these are, if you're just doing like a multi-day trip a, a year like here or there maybe a rogue in a middle fork or whatever that's all you boat you're probably not ready for the subway i would agree i think you need to be a boater you need to yep. be getting out doing the wind on thursday you yep. need to be getting out doing the clackamas or we're the south fork american north fork american Subway. if you're gonna put the subway you need to be a boater and you'd be getting out practicing your skills you know boating quite a bit not just like a casual one or two multi-days a year kind of boater all right let's move on uh, what is the best way for a raft to carry and secure a ducky through the rapids on a raft? It always seems like the teens want to be in the ducky till the bigger rapids and they want to ride in the raft. I've seen a lot of different ways, towing, straddling, etc. besides deflating the ducky. What's the best way to secure it to the gear in our boat? Well, deflating it is the best to put it in a bag, deflate it, tie it in really well. That's the best. That's the gold standard. Um, Towing it just takes a higher level of skill and it depends on the rapid you're doing. You could probably tow it through like most of the rogue, but you're not probably not going to tow it through Blossom Bar or Mule Creek Canyon. 
Um, you can tow it through some of the easy days in the middle fork, but you're probably not going to tow it through red side. Um, it's just, uh, we just put them, turn them upside down, put them on the back of the stack of bags and tie the D rings down of the, of the ends of the ducky down to the D rings on the sides of the back of the raft. Hopefully that makes sense. So just behind, if you're rowing behind you upside down, rig it down, more straps, the better. Any yep. thoughts? I agree with all of it. Yep. Yep. Across. The, yeah, exactly. Nick yep. and I work together a bunch. Nick and I have done this a ton. And yep, it's the move. It's it's pretty smooth. Now, if you flip a wrap, it's gonna be messy. Uh, but uh, so you don't you don't want to do it through hard rapids. Nick, have you ever towed behind you? I, I've done it a few times. I wonder if you what you think about that towing behind you method. All right. My wife and I are experienced kayakers rafters taking the family down the lower salmon this year, and our rat our two rafts simply don't have enough space. It's possible that I'm going to be short an experienced rower, so I'd be open to hiring a guide to row a gear boat if that's something you do. So this was a question that was asked to my, to me, to my company this week, and I just want to reiterate this answer because it's really important. If you're if you're on a private trip, you can it's a, it needs to be a cost shared trip. You cannot hire somebody to help you row your trip. You have to be self-contained. You have to have if, so if you're going to do a private trip. You have to have the boats, the skilled rowers, and the equipment to do it. You can't hire somebody to come on the trip and be a rower. So the answer is we can't we can't do that. This is the important thing. More this happening more and more. Somebody gets a middle fork permit, and they're yeah. they don't have the experience of the friends, but they applied for a permit, and then they're calling me asking me to supply the guides, and yeah. it's not in the spirit of a private trip. And that person never should have applied for the permit to begin with. Yeah. and when like. I think even though like the lower salmon is just a self-issue permit, doesn't matter. doesn't matter if it's lottery. doesn't matter if it's self-issued. It's like if you're on a private trip and just, I know that's a little bit more money, but if you pay for a guided trip, if you're taking these people that don't have experience, show them a good time, pay for that guided experience and they're going to get good food, good equipment, or just to say sorry we don't have space for you on this trip and you'll get them next time so this was specifically a lower salmon so i mean you still can't do it yeah um it's not like they took a permit away i get this call a lot because somebody got a middle permit and they don't know what they're doing and they want to hire guides to run it i'm like that's so frustrating because you just took a permit away from somebody who has the equipment and the skills and the friends to do this trip oh turn it back in like you know if you get one and you can't pull it together, just turn it back in with yep. over your 21 days and let somebody else get down that river. Okay. Recently, I was cruising the FB marketplace. That's short for Facebook, for those of you who don't know, and saw an NRS thigh breaks for sale. NRS, by the way, is short for Northwest River Supplies. This is definitely not something I was looking for. Just wanted to get your thoughts on this thing. Appears to me, appears to me to be more of a hazard or potential death trap than a necessity. Any IRF implications? It's probably not in your wheelhouse, but how does NRS get away with selling something like this? It seems like more of a problem and lurking liability than their letter opener river knife. Burn. Ouch. I wonder, it looks like they're talking about the fishing. Thigh yep. Yeah, I looked it up. Let me see if I can bring it up here. Uh, it's exactly what it. What I think it is. I'm going to add it to the thing. It's this thing, I think. No. Oh. There's a couple of these. There's a U-shaped one, and there's a uh, let me see, and there's this one. So I think sometimes we 
we're assuming that we're everybody's running whitewater. We forget there's a lot of people doing class one. And this is something for people that are doing like class one and two that are fishing. It's not designed for whitewater. It should say NRS fishing frame fly bar, maybe. So people don't accidentally buy it for rafting. But um, yeah, so I think for whitewater, I probably wouldn't use this thing. But I see way more dangerous things that people have on the rafts than this little bar, honestly. Like go to the put in for the middle fork and you'll see way more dangerous things on the side of boats than this little bar. Not that it's okay. Um, and you, you asked me any IRF implications. That, that's confusing to me because uh, the IRF, it's an organization that standardizes guide training around the world. They don't get involved in what gear works and what doesn't work. What they do do in the training is promote the uh, clean line principle, which is about minimizing the entrapments. And so uh, this has nothing to do with IRF, but this, I would maybe say this is, could maybe be a violation of the clean line principle, which is an important part of IRF training. And so I, I it's hard to say if this is a violation of clean line principle. It's just common sense, not a good idea for whitewater. Does that seem right? Yeah. But for the people that are using this on the up or the lower Clackamas um, in the Portland area, yeah. tons of fishermen. I mean, it's, it's class one riffles. I mean, if you're flipping a boat, you're probably putting it up into a root ball or something. That's going to be way more of an issue than, you know, this thigh bar. And it's like one of those things that, I, I would, if I was on a boat and had it was on a fishing trip, I would be, I would be okay with it. Yeah. And Mike's saying, yeah, I mean, when you're fishing, they're really nice. I can yeah. see that. Like you lean up against it. It's probably a super nice thing for fishing. And you can see this person who reviewed it on the NRS site. This is person is not running the wind with this boat. There's that as an anchor has that rope all over itself. Let's say he has a beer on a seat. Like oh. th these guys are, this is like a class one river, probably in Montana. Yeah, exactly. Like, and and it's great for that. And so, yeah. I, yeah, no problems with it. These guys are also running, you know, their waders with no life jackets. Yep. That That's more of a... That's Not that it's okay to a, do that. No, that's Not more... That that's the bigger issue is no life jackets and waders. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of... It, like That's yeah. one, just one of the problems. Okay. This is the last question slash comment. Not really a question, but an answer to alternate to our NRS seats. And he sent me a link. Let me see if I can pull that. I mean, how do I pull this up? Ah, shoot. Um, I bought the anyway. I bought this seat, so I I can show, I can bring it up on the web. Hold on, let me let me try to bring it up on the web here. Give me a second, everyone. So it's this seat for eighty nine ninety nine, and I bought it. Like the person I. Here it is. Oh, I made myself big. And this is an alternative to NRS seats. It's this bad boy. Uh, and it just, I mean, I ordered it two days ago. It showed up 10 minutes before the show. And this is an NRS seat. Classic. Now, this has been, they've redesigned it a few times. We had a bunch of them come unglued up here. And the seat came out, like brand new ones come unglued. And, you know, when you buy stuff from NRS, you should just sort of expect that could happen. That it comes unglued and you have to fix it. They sent me a bunch of epoxy to, to glue it back to itself. And so uh, these are not like 
top of the line seats. They're seats and they're pretty affordable. I don't know how much these are. Like they're probably 70 bucks. They're basically replacement tractor seats and they have a very specific pattern where the holes go to work with NRS seat mounts. They're based on tractor seats. This is actually a tractor seat. And it's if you hold it, it has a ton of, you can see it has a ton of mounts. It's heavier. It's definitely heavier. It definitely feels way more durable. I'm going to try it out of my seat. And it's a little bit higher back. And so if I put it on the side by side, can you see that? that? The back's a little higher. It's just a little bit bigger. If you weigh over 220 pounds, this, you're going to want this for your butt. If you're, you know, if you're like me, this is a good, you know, you're going to want this for your butt. Otherwise, this is probably adequate. And so I think that it looks sweet. I haven't tried it, but um, I'm thanks for sharing the link with me. I think it's and it's cheaper. It looked like it was like what 90 bucks. Yeah, how much is NRC? 160. I just looked at what? Oh no way. 160 for the low. There's no way they're charging a hundred and what NRS you get high prices for medium tier gear. For medium what gear? Medium, it's like medium tier gear. It's like it's not horrible, but it's not it's not it's not the I would say it's like but they charge like it's the best gear on the market. I'm going to call it medium low level gear. Yeah. I'm not going to say low on everything, but like medium 160 bucks. Oh man. It's really hard to judge. And I, you know, I own like 25 of these. Like if I could trade them all in right now for these, well, especially cause we, we need more durable things. We break these in our seats a lot. Uh, I feel like I, this thing, if you hold this, it does, it feels way, way, way superior to the NRS one. And but, also, you know, like my friend told just... me about the frames, you know, the um, NRS Longhorn frame, he pointed yeah. something out to me. We have to, we have tons of them, right? Yeah. For all, we use them for our classes. If you look at the cost of the frame, it's six, these, these used to be $400 just a couple years ago. Inflation's gotten to us. $625, like a large, like, Almost half of it is the seat. Yeah. Because the seat is 160 and the mount is like a hundred and something. Yeah. So 260-ish of this amount is just the seat. Just crazy. Like a Which large, like, yep. that's a pretty big percentage of this whole frame. I feel like if you were spending 160 bucks and it came with the seat and the mount, you could argue that that was a good price. But you have to buy the mount and then a $160 seat. Yes, and there's new people making mounts like um Thomas at Better Mounts. Let me see if I can open this up. I what I would do now is go with Thomas's seat mount for 80 bucks, which is I'm pretty sure is less than the NRS one, and throw that seat plus this seat plus that mount. Oh, you're right there about the cost of just this NRS thing. Which I have to tell you, I bought I think I bought eight of these last year, three of them came unglued. And one of them came unglued on the river. It's very annoying when they come unglued on the river on you. You don't want these coming unglued while you're using them, which is a very annoying thing. The, the bonus of the Better Mounts one, and I talked about another one last week, and Newton of the other companies making them, is you don't have to take the seat off to take the seat mount off. Do you know about that issue with yes. the NRS seat? So like, I hate it. You have to or put even, the mount on first and then the seat. And even to adjust, adjust the... It. You know, like, uh, I like to have my seat tip forward a little bit, like on those longhorn frames. So the whole seat's got to come off. Look at that seat mount. God. 
Yeah, he those those better mounts are great. Yep. I gotta get one of these. Okay, so let's get to questions here. That's insane how expensive. Yeah, it's I I thought it'd be like 80 bucks. Like, yeah. Curious to see if the higher back is knowing for pulling. So Nick, I've used really high back seats before, and they're a little annoying for pulling, but they keep you in the boat better. Like the the ones that go like I've sat I've sat in, in high mount seats that go up this high that my, as high as my chair is, where like, and a lot of the class five guys do that because if you get thrown back you you don't want to get pulled thrown behind yourself in the boat, and so it's and there's one that like swivels up. I have one in my garage next. I can show you next time you're here, but it is a little annoying for pulling, but it's you're more secure in the boat, so it's a trade off. But and this is barely higher. I think this one, I don't think it'd be that annoying. It would be there. This the NRS one. If you're wearing a waist belt throw bag, this one is fine. This one actually with a waist belt throw bag might be annoying, and then you may not wear your waist belt throw bag with this seat. That's why we sit on a yeah. I don't. It's insane to me that people sit on on seats on top of boxes. Like that shouldn't happen. Yeah, it's one of those things. So the boat builders, it's like an it's a upgrade because it costs them make more. So I feel like it created this thing where people think it's a better product because it's more expensive. Because you had to, you know, when you are doing all your add-ons, that. You know, you got to, it's like $300 more to add a seat. And so that's why I think it really think gets people to think that it's a big, like, Oh, it, co yeah. it costs more. Let me, let me step my raft up. This one, let's see, let's see if I can find it. This is becoming a thing. Seats. So yeah, these are all, like, this is, you know, here's the tractor seat, 160 bucks, the deluxe swivel seat. And the basic swivel seat, something like those are kind of nice. Actually, I've used them a few times and they're kind of nice. The high back one, the NRS makes, this is the one that drives me crazy. This thing sits you so high in your boat. It looks very deluxe, but it, you sit so high in your boat. You don't have very good or manage. It's hard to manage your oars well. Something like that. Actually, that's not that much higher than the box. I see them way, way higher than the box. And then that's out of control. Oh, that's cute. All right, take it back. I love the seat now. Okay, anyway, yeah, Tin Man, I agree. Sitting on a pad of dry box or a cooler is definitely the way to go. Okay, so I think we're done with questions slash comments. Thank you, everybody, who submitted questions this week and comments. Uh, I'll talk about the Wind Wraith a little bit. Are you going to come to the festival? Uh, yes, it I is. Mar yeah, what March twenty third? Third, I think we're less than a month yeah. away. Yeah, I've been training hard um, to uh, topple you. We're more, I'm more worried about Clackfest uh, because of your reign of uh, cat boat champion. So that's what I'm coming for this year. Okay, you're more worried about Clackfest because I've yeah. won more Clackfests. Yes. I've won a lot of wind are, races too. Are, are they doing a, a cat boat wind race this year? Yeah. So I've Jesse Fisher from class five river gear. He, I went to Clackfest a few years ago to our two race and he said, I was, 
I was, what do you, what do you say about me? He kind of called me out for not capital racing. Like I was afraid of him. And that's why I was R2 racing. And I didn't know people were capital racing. And so ever since then, I've been like, all right, next time we're going to do it. And we didn't do it last year. And so this year we're going to settle the score. So I have Jesse and then somebody else just messaged me. They want to do it. So there's three of us for sure. Are you in? Are you going to be four? Yeah, I'm in. Okay. And I, I have a pretty high level of confidence. I'm going to win. So I, I mean, I don't know why. It's not like you've done the wind a few hundred times. Yeah. So I'm I, I I'm pretty confident. I, I have it. I have a chance of winning this. So confident. I'm gonna I'm gonna put a two hundred fifty dollar um what's the wager on myself. So if somebody beats me, I will give them two hundred fifty bucks. Got a little bounty on your head. A bounty on my head. I want yeah. people to go. I want there to yeah. be more competitors. I'd make it more, but I worry that if I make it too much, people will gang up because it's a head-to-head race. People will gang up against me to block me just so I lose. Yeah. I don't want to make it too incentivized, but I want people to come and race. So if I if, if I lose, I will give the winner 250 bucks. Oh, I'm, dude. I'm really excited. Nick, you should oh, come. It'd be great. Yeah. I will Nick, I will give you a cap boat to race. It won't be as good as the one I have, but it will be a cap boat. Um, let's get some more comments really quick. Looking for a stern mount seat for my frame, 13 foot raft. The NRS looking for a stern mount seat from my frame, 13 foot raft. The NRS is 495 and alternatives. Hey, ADS outdoors. I don't do I don't understand what you're asking. Looking for I'm a thing in like the stern mount fishing frame. So stern mount seat from my frame. Yeah. Like for his frame, I think instead of from. Didn't we just talk about stern mount seats for the past few minutes? But I think it's, yeah, I think it's just if there's any other options of tubes or like of, because where you have to buy everything is you have to buy the whole mount that mounts to the frame to create that stern mount seat. Um, So go to, here's, here's our go. If I think we're asking a question, maybe answer your question again in a way that's a little more understandable. I'm kind of slow sometimes in understanding questions. I would go to bettermounts.com. Thomas is doing cool stuff. I I have some of his stuff. I like it. And he makes this seat adapter. He'll sell you the seat, 100 luxury captain seat for 150 bucks on sale. It's a little high for my, my taste, but I would get this seat mount. I think that's what you're asking. So we just talked about it a minute ago. The seat mount, and then consider this this $90 seat that we just talked about. I think that's what I would do. Cody, did I answer this question? Yeah, I just think, um, yeah, you're just, it's going to be one of those things. I think you're just going to have to piecemeal it together. So you can either pay NRS and get a lump package. That's medium tier to low tier, or you can, you know, kind of work through it, get a swivel seat on your own, get this bracket, work on like finding what, uh, what bars will you know bend up and over and put some time and effort into it and you'll get something a little bit nicer for the same price or a little bit cheaper and thomas sells all the like the bars like the oh. foot bar the side rails the crossbars like he sells the frame hardware and so he can sell you a frame thing he doesn't sell yet um i don't think he sells is the the um or tower which you probably need to buy from nrs 
All right, here's Thomas right here. Milsko makes the NRSC and won't play ball. They won't sell low back to us. And for a high back, they only want to play ball if I buy three containers worth. Whoa. Okay, so Thomas is the guy who owns better mounts. There's a company that makes the NRS seat, and they won't even sell the low back seat to him. That's crazy. Hmm. That could be sweet if you can make it. Yeah, um, I have a great video. Uh, Nick and I went on the wind a couple years ago, and he had a nasty capo pin initiation. I go, hey, Nick, you should follow where I go through initiation. Like, right, that's a good, that's a good rule of thumb. It's hard to explain. Just watch where I go and do what I do. And he saw where I went and he didn't like it. So he went somewhere else and pinned his boat. Like that's, that's the win though. If you got an NRS frame, you can essentially recreate the longhorn. Wait, if you got an NRS frame, you, oh, and put the seat on the stern, no need for the curvy bars. I think that maybe that's the answer to the, the question earlier. Okay. So back to the win race. I'm stoked you'll be there. There's four of us racing. I hopefully we can encourage more people who watch the show to come out and race. It's head to head capital racing in class four or four plus. I mean, what's better than that? Yeah, with just and the gorge encourages just really good um outdoor events. I mean, it just mm -hmm. in between the uh the little white race and everything like there, the people that are in the gorge and at those races are just they're great people. So yep. even if you aren't racing, just come out, hang out. Yeah. And it's, it's a, it's not like a festival, like Boatsmith or upper clack, upper clack fest, where there's a ton of people, a ton of events. It's literally like a race and go to a bar afterwards and have fun. So it's a pretty chill event. Like, and then go, you'll go boating on Sunday. You'll find somewhere to go boating, but it's more, it's mostly about the race. That's, you know, there's a little bit of lifestyling to do around the put in. Um, and most people that go with boat, either they're and, and when they need people to run safety. So if you don't want to race, just run the river and hang out below some of the big rapids and clean up the carnage from the racers. So um, I like it. Talk about Clackfest. Are you have you really been training? Yeah, really training really hard. Okay, that's good. Yeah, I've been on the rower again, that VO2 max up. Like I'm like I said, I'm coming for you this year. How what, what's your strategy for getting the VO2 max up? Um 80% uh zone two heart rate running been running you know seven to ten miles and then uh been doing a lot of rower at work um just high output two to five minute exertions oh there you go that's what i was yeah. worried about when you said zone two i'm like oh you're i give up no problem it's those two to five minute sprints that are there that's gonna get your vo2 max moving yeah because, because definitely in like clack fest it's a lot of flat water between yeah the start and where you actually have to make moves. So I don't know. Well, I'm just excited. Uh, if I lose, I lose, but I will talk a lot of trash along the way. I mean, you're doing the right thing. I thought you were kidding. You said you were training. That's on the road for two to five minute sprints. That's, that's where it's at. The, um, the wind race though is no slouch. The first mile, there's a mile or so. I think it's 0.9 miles of flat water warm up. So you, you basically are, battling with everybody the first mile just to get position before the rapids and and then run our rapids yeah the wind race is definitely one that i probably will not be attempting to put up a good time just making it down that river in a in a good fashion safely is good enough for me my it, goal is to put up such a good time that you won't even you'll give up on training for clock but you'll be like yeah there's no I, chance 
Like I, I got so dominated there. I see what's coming. Yeah. But I, yeah, I'm super looking forward to it. The, and then obviously you got some class four schools coming up. Yeah. March. The next, yeah. The next starting next week, five in a row, I think. Nice. So I'll be working on the river a lot. Um, hopefully getting the gym every night to do my, do some training. Hopefully we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, come on out. Let's do it. Let's, let's dance. Like I, I want some competition. I want to pay some gas money for Idaho people to come out. So spread the word. Like I definitely want to, uh, I definitely want to win, but I want to have, I don't want to just be one person. I want to have a few people out there. I need some, I need some fodder for the race, some pawns to beat. Here we go. Here's a question for you. Uh, honestly, no clue. It's at work. And so they provide it. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just the one good, they, they let you use. Good, yeah. I couldn't tell you. Yeah. So cool. Are you, um, so you'll be at wind racing both that Sunday somewhere. You can come out for the day and go home. Um, I don't know. We'll play it by ear. Maybe we'll, we'll stay the night up there somewhere. Sweet. Well, that's it for this episode. Anything you want to promote? Anything on your channel you want to promote coming up? Uh, so I'm really working on, um, series of like how to trip plan. I think definitely for private boaters, that's one of the things that's incredibly tough. I've ran the middle fork once in my entire life. And then I might win a trip and then have to be the trip leader and put everything together. Um, so I've been putting one together on the cellway, how to read water flows, how to prepare for water flows, access everything. So um, if there's any rivers that, you know, you guys want me to dive into, be super excited too. But uh, just been super appreciative of everyone that have taken the time to watch my videos. And here's your channel. Uh, hit that subscribe button. Everybody go over that right now. Hit subscribe. It's youtube.com slash at private whitewater. And these subway videos are awesome. Like, I just think they're fun to listen to. I, like when I'm working in the garage or something, I'll turn them on just to see what you have to think and see if I can pick up some tips and tricks. So they're I'm stoked on these videos. Uh, yeah. And then, then we'll get some Illinois footage coming up. Are you going there soon? I don't know hopefully yeah march april may it's in it looks like we're gonna have a decent snowpack the place that has a snowpack this year is the oahe yeah uh it's gonna be a great season uh don't try to do do a jawbridge bruno trip this year so i've I've never i've never done it um so i'm I'm looking looking forward to it and that's why i I bought a really light cat boat super light frame uh even deleted the center tubes of it to save 15 pounds purely for the job bridge. Wow. So, so I can, you know, making portages easier. Is this also your racing frame? Is this all your racing tubes? Cause they're super light. I do you think having lighter tubes would make it easier. Yeah. I would think like having a little bit of weight behind it, but you want, you want to kill weight. So, I mean, my, my whole setup is incredibly light. So, yeah. You want to, I mean, do you want to, I mean, do you want that boat to move? You want to pull it and then want yeah. that, you want to accelerate that, but you're accelerating it a lot because you can't keep speed. You can't, it's, you know, you're, there's so much friction that you're yeah. like, you're just, you want to accelerate above that water as much as you can. And the lighter that boat is, the easier it is to accelerate it. Yeah. So I've been really, really uh, happy with my aluminum frame and my 12 and a half t- uh, legend tubes. They've, they've been killer. Yeah. So sweet. Yeah. 
Well, everybody, thanks for watching. Thanks for submitting comments and questions. If you have questions for next week's show, go to whitewaterguidebook.com. You'll see the place to... Oh, one thing before we go. Uh, I just updated... People asked me to do this for a while, and I want to let everybody know. I finally updated the form for questions. So I was saying, if you want to add a question for the show, you go to Gear Garage, add a question or comment. I updated the form. That's annoying. To where it, the the question box can get bigger. I had to hire a web designer to do this because I couldn't figure it out. It was like something I worked on for six months. And look how big the question box can get. Isn't that awesome? That's awesome. I'm pretty excited about this. So please use this. If you have a question, that's how we catalog the questions. And if you if you text me or at Instagram message me, we might mess up the, your question. But this is the place to definitely have your question answered. In the past, if we didn't answer your question, we this questionnaire form was going to spam a lot or going, I don't know. The question form we had before was awful. And so we didn't mean to ignore your question. We honestly lost a handful of them through weirdness and this new form supposedly avoids spam so we should be getting your question if you've asked it before and we didn't answer it for some reason it's not us it's not us not purposefully ignoring questions we try to answer all of them jake says the 12 and a half is still a big boat for the garbage yeah, i i mean but i mean i can only own so many boats <laughs> but you know it's like yeah i would love to have you know, an 11s in there with a 32 inch white frame and there, but I'll put, I'll deal with it. It's, it's flow dependent too. Yeah. Like it definitely at low flow, you would, you're not going to be happy, but it's also ducky self-support. Yeah. The garbage is a great, cause you have to portage garbage falls. It, the ducky might be the way to go. Or is it, is it garbage falls you portage or that change? I think there's a new rapid. There's two, I you, think there's two portages yeah. now on it. So, but yeah, the Chopper Ridge Falls is one of them. But yeah, and uh, my buddy has a Cronin. Um, I don't own one personally, but I'll just rent one um, and buy one at some point. But yeah. yeah, it's not a bad choice either. To... We squeeze an 11 foot down, 3,000 the Bruno. Yeah, good to know. Oh. Yeah. Thanks for the help. Okay, I'm going to shut this one down. Cody, thanks for being here. As always, thanks everybody for watching, and we'll see you hopefully next Tuesday.